We're going to turn our time to worshiping through God's Word here today. If you have a Bible or Bible app, you can open it up to Psalm 30. We'll be in Psalm 30 today. Uh, for those of you who missed earlier, uh, Pastor Jose was going to bring the Word of God today and share from Deuteronomy, uh, but he felt like he needed to have appendicitis instead. So he will come back uh, next week uh, a little lighter, having lost his appendix. Um, be in prayer for his recovery. Um, he's on, you know, on a good trajectory, but, but still there's, there's quite a bit of pain there. Um, so I, I, I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I would certainly appreciate, I know you guys pray for me and for, for the word of the Lord, but I appreciate some extra prayers here this morning as I, as I share um, from God's word. Um, before we jump into those of you who've been here in the last several weeks, you know that we've done uh, followed the message with an, an opportunity for some some sharing afterwards, some testimonies of thankfulness. And, and again, I just want to prompt you to consider me praying that that God, there's a story there, and 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 there are there are are things that God's been working in your life and and even in your hearts that um, uh, He might be moving you to share. And so I just want you to, to prompt you to pray in advance, and we'll, we'll, we'll be having that um, open mic sharing time of, of testimonies and thankfulness. Uh, have you all been encouraged and blessed by the testimonies of others? Yeah, I mean, it was so great. How about hearing from the kiddos last week? So kiddos, we, we can hear from you this week as well. So um, today, and as we unpack God's word, been walking through... Uh, the, the, this this phenomenon of gratefulness, thanksgiving. We've been talking about it, uh, the importance of doing it, um, that it's not just for certain seasons and for certain times. It's uh, The Word of God says give thanks in all circumstances, in all times. We talked about uh, the, the, the word thanksgiving in, uh, in the Old Testament. It it doesn't mean what we mean today. It actually means confess, to confess something, particularly to confess something about God. And it means to confess who he is and what he's done. It corresponds not just with a verbal confession, but it corresponds with sacrifice. Thanksgiving, you can read through it in Leviticus, was a sacrifice. You know, read through it in the Psalms and hear, bringing my sacrifice of thanksgiving. There's a cost to us in bringing him praise. There's a certain kind of commitment we're making to him when we bring him honor and glory. It's coming out of a life of devotion, of dependence, we've talked about. Today we're going to be exploring. How does thankfulness and suffering, how do they fit together? Gratitude and hardship and adversity, how do these things fit? That said, let me, uh, let's go to the Lord here just to, uh, to ready our hearts to receive his word. Father, we come to you again. Uh, acknowledging our dependence on you to, to, to have you open our hearts to speak to us and to, to, to meet us, Lord God, uh, to help remove the barriers that get in the way, the distractions. Lord, to tune us in, Jesus, to ha- how you want to meet us. You want us to show, you want to show us yourself this morning through your word. So God, we pray you guide us into your truth, spirit, and I pray you come upon me and anoint me Lord, work in me, this broken, broken servant of yours, to speak your truth. Change me, Jesus, change me. In your name we pray. Amen. Psalm 30. We're going to read through this in, uh, in three different parts here. We're going to take verses 1 through 5 first here, and we're going to unpack it. Psalm 30, verse 1 through 5. So it's a psalm of David, song, the dedication of the temple. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help. 
and you've healed me. Lord, you've brought up, you've brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hmm. In these first few verses here, David speaks to a, a, a truth uh, that, that, that's, that's so profound and important for us to grab hold of and that we oftentimes miss. But we give thanks. One of the, the reasons why we give thanks to the Lord is that he makes suffering, our suffering in this life, temporary. We're to give thanks to the Lord because he makes suffering in this life temporary. The psalmist David himself starts off right from the beginning. Uh, these words, I extol you, means to lift him up, to make, make the Lord great, his name great, to honor him, to recognize him. You are the most awesome being, and I am not. You are worthy to be worshipped. And he goes into these, some of these reasons here. I, 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 I cried to you for help. And you've healed me. Oftentimes, that's what prompts us to Thanksgiving, right? Is that we've been through times of darkness or difficulty, adversity. We've had this reversal of circumstances. And, and, and out of that, we, we, there's this response. Thank you, Father, for providing for me. Now, in the context here, he, he, he's talking about, I cried for help and you healed me. There was a certain kind of sickness that David was going through. We don't know what it is. We don't, it's very vague in terms of what was actually happening. But, but it could have been a sickness of the soul or a sickness of the body. But he describes the darkness. He, you brought me my soul up from Sheol. The word Sheol, when you read through the Psalms, because it comes up often, the word Sheol is this place of, of, of death, being in the grave. Death was, was, was the, 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 you know, seen as that, that final word. It's looming. It's ominous. It can take everything we, we desire and enjoy away. Death is that ultimate form of, of finality and darkness. And <coughs> David feel, felt that presence, that darkness, that finality, that powerlessness. But God had lifted him up. He lifted him up from going into the pit, the grave. Have you had those times? Whether it be darkness of the soul, or whether it be physical kinds of situations, sickness, health issues, relational issues, that felt like, well, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. And there was a change of your circumstances. Have you experienced that? If you haven't experienced that, it's not because it hasn't happened. It's because you're not aware, right? Because it's happened to all of us. We've all had these kind of reversals. I've got a cold and I'm going to get over it. Now, the temptation is with some of these things, we just like, we just move on. Like that's what happens. We've got modern medicine. We know these things aren't going to, aren't likely to kill you or have grave, grave consequences, but we don't ultimately know that. But we're so self-sufficient. We're, we're, we're caught up in such a, uh, the, 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 the miracle of modern medicine and our, our, our knowledge of things that, that we, we go through these kinds of ailments or darkness or trials and struggles and we know that they're going to pass to some degree and we just move on. We don't pause and recognize, you know, it was God's grace that I got better. I was sick, but I'm well. I was I had a conflict in a relationship. It's resolved. I've was in financial difficulty and God provided and met my need. I was depressed and in darkness and he relieved the clouds. How have you been there? How have you experienced this kind of reversal in your life? Whether it's internal, whether it's physical, whether it's relational, whether it's social, the response that, 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 that should come from us is, God, thank you. Thank you. 
And when that, what the reminder is of these times of, of, this, of recognizing this reversal is that these seasons of darkness, they were temporary. They don't stay. They don't remain. That's a grace of God in this life. It, oftentimes we expect things from this life right now that, that are not realistic to expect. You see, friends, we expect heaven on earth when this, this place... This creation that we're in right now is infected by what we call sin. There's a brokenness that exists in all aspects of this physical existence. It exists in you and me. That selfishness, that self-centeredness, evil and injustice in this world isn't because necessarily of some external force. It's because it's in us. We're the cause of it. Disease, decay, Death, all these things, natural disasters, the chaos that exists, this phenomenon of a physics and science called entropy, where everything tends towards decay or, or chaos. This, this is because of sin in us and in this world. And oftentimes we expect this is going to be, our circumstances should go great and should go well. And, 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 and we shouldn't experience sickness. We shouldn't experience unexpected poverty. We shouldn't expect a loss of loved ones. We sh- That's not a right understanding because we don't have a right view of this life now. You see, why did Jesus come and step into this world? Why did he go through the horror of the cross? And remember, the horror of the cross, friends, wasn't just the mutilation and torture and humiliation of his body. It was hell, eternal wrath of God and justice for all evil, hell on himself. That's what destroyed him. In order to secure heaven, a place of perfection, a place where there is no evil, there is no death, there is no disease, there is no dying, but joy unending. That's not now. We're going to experience brokenness, horror, evil now. It's God's grace that we don't. Did did you get that? In this life, it's God's gift, his mercy, that we don't experience injustice, darkness, brutality, horror, pain. When that's not happening, it's because God is breaking in and showing his life and mercy and grace to us. Because we don't deserve it. And this world is riddled and broken. This is, this is a, a profound shift of worldview. Okay? But what if we understand, if we ground ourselves in this reality, our expectations are different, right? If we ground ourselves in the reality that this is a broken world and I really can expect problems and evil and, and loss and, and, and injustice and th- things to go wrong, Murphy's Law all day long, Right? If I understand that that's the case, then I'm surprised by things going well, right? And then I'm thankful. I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. That's our attitude. That's what it should be. There's so much in every day, in every moment of every day, that there is so much goodness that we don't deserve. That's why we should be praising God and giving thanks at all times. For David, he experiences this reversal. That God healed me. Thank you, Father. The, the, the compulsion response, I don't deserve this. Thank you, God. Thank you. You're so good. Giving thanks in this life. We do that because the Lord has made our suffering temporary and even if the suffering ends in death friends that's (coughs) that's not the final say amen in jesus christ it's not verse 5 says his anger is but for a moment but his favor is for a lifetime it's forever listen if you've trusted in jesus christ if we have received christ and surrendered to him you know what the cross guarantees for you and i 
so much more than a lifetime, but eternity of favor and joy. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. This light and momentary affliction, which is offensive, I'm just going to be honest. Like He's calling your pain and suffering, it's light. It's momentary. He's doing this intentional. You're, this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. What Paul is drawing us to is a greater reality. Whatever it goes on in this life, it's, it, it, it's not worth comparing to the eternal joy, unending joy, absence of evil and darkness forever. With Jesus Christ in glory. There's a weight of that. What it does is it creates anticipation, right? It's going to be so good. This is, this is the only hell that we will have to experience if we trust in Jesus Christ. The sufferings now produce an anticipation of glory, of, of, of a profound Joy and goodness. Because what we're experiencing is temporary. Listen, friends, if you, if we are not trusting in Christ, if we're trusting in ourselves, if you're coming to Christ today and saying, and if your answer to God is that, that I've got this, I'm good enough. If you're, if you're going to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, look at my goodness. I've been good enough to get in. I haven't been as bad as this person. I haven't, I haven't done this kind of, of sin. If you're, if that's your approach to God, friends, you're still on that fast track to hell. If your trust is not in Jesus alone and Him representing you, if your, tr- if your trust is not to live for Christ alone, you see, because Jesus didn't come to save you from hell, He came to save you into a relationship with God who loves you and created you. If you're just wanting to get out of hell, but you don't want Jesus, you want Him to be your Lord and to live in Him, friends, we're missing the point. The suffering in this life is the best you can expect because it's going to be eternal. Come to Christ and surrender. Receive Him. Turn from this. I've got this. I'm good. I can handle this. Because you're on a fast track. hell eternal suffering we give thanks because by God's grace he makes suffering in this life temporary but it's more than that go on here verses 6 through 10 we don't just give thanks because he's changed things and reversed our circumstances whether internally externally we give thanks even in the suffering itself. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. And you hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry. And to the Lord, I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me, O Lord, my helper. David explains some of the nature of his story and testimony. He was in a really good place. And he really liked that good, prosperous, comfortable place that he was in in life. Everything's going well. And how many of us, I mean, we love that. We love and enjoy those comfortable times when things are going our way. But what was the danger here? What was going on? David was trusting in his circumstances. He, got, he, he was enjoying his circumstances so much that he, tr- he was trusting in his circumstances and that they would be permanent. He wasn't trusting in the Lord. 
Man, I got cocky. Man, I got proud. I'm entitled to this. I can expect my prosperity, my comfort, everything going my way. I can expect that to keep going. You know, we've been there, right? Right? You know how, and, and, and when things change, we're like, there's a lot of four-letter words that come out of our mouths, right? It's ugly. I'm just being straight. Right? Like, what the heck, God? What's going on? Why? This isn't the way it should be. This is so wrong. David says, if I'm dead, who's going to praise you? How does that benefit you, God? I mean, he's trying to turn it on God, right? We do that, don't we? Putting God in the hot seat now. He submits to his mercy. Lord, have mercy. That, that, that phrase, Lord, have mercy, is that acknowledgement. I, my prosperity, I was proud to expect that. My worldview, if I'm expecting heaven now, if I'm expecting that I deserve and am entitled to good and comfortable things now, then my heart's going to be corrupted. I'm going to be bitter. That darkness is going to be escalated and compounded 10, 20 times, right? Now, just because we have a right worldview doesn't mean that suffering doesn't hurt. I think one of the beautiful things of the Psalms is it invites us into this beautiful reality. God gives us these raw words. What we call this portion of the Psalms is a lament. One third of the Psalms, the, the Psalms, this portion of the Bible, are worship songs. One third of them are called lament. These are, these are these cries to God like, why are you, well, why is this happening? Why did you let this happen? Where are you? Why aren't you acting? You suck, God. You might be thinking like, oh, that's a big bit of an exaggeration. That's inappropriate, Scott. Read your Bible. Psalm 44, Psalm 77, Psalm 143, Psalm, I said 44, Psalm 88. There are many, many more. They're dark. And you might read them and go like, oh, is it appropriate to say that to God? This is his word he's given us. Because God deals in reality. Christianity deals in reality. Every other religion in the world creates a form of fantasy and draws us some kind of fantasy. Christianity deals in reality. And God meets us with his word, with these words to give cries to our heart because we need it. How does this relate to Thanksgiving? Sometimes we got to shake our fist at God before we can open our hands. You know that, right? Sometimes we got to rail at God in order to open our hearts to give him thanks. And he knows that. He knows that about the brokenness of this world. And he gives us those words. You have permission. God's a big God. You can beat on his chest and he's going to love you. He's going to hold you and he's going to keep you. And he's working for you. You can't drive away. Let him have it, friends. We've got to shake our fists. We've got to get it out. It's in there. He wants to receive it. And when we shake our fist, you find that this hand slowly becomes a hand of worship. That I see you. I see you in my darkness. I see you in my suffering. I see you working. I see you are for me. When Jane and I <clears throat> we've not been able to have additional children besides Ian. And God blessed us with the gift of Xander through adoption. And in that journey of getting there, several years, a couple years after having Ian, we thought, you know, like any family, hey, it worked once, it should work again, right? Amen. We know how this works. <coughs> 11 weeks after we found out Jane was pregnant, went in for an ultrasound and the baby was not moving. The baby had died at eight weeks. We were heartbroken. And we kept trying and kept trying. It was one thing to have lost that child. It was another thing to keep trying and nothing happened. I know what's going on. Like, why? All these other people are having kids. I'm a mental health therapist and I'm working with broken people that shouldn't be having kids. And they're having kids. 
and we can't have a kid. What's wrong, God? Five years went by. Nothing. We had come to the point of the Lord working our hearts to, to adopt. And <coughs> we're surprised. 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 And broken to find out Jane was pregnant. Five years. Now, normally, that would be great news. We're pregnant. Five, five years we've been trying. And I knew the weight that this baby may not live. And I wrestled and I was angry because I knew I can't hope in this child. I can't start to plan and have a, a future. I can't be excited about this because I, I don't know if this baby's going to live. And my heart was angry. And hurt. And I was more in tears than I was. There was no thankfulness, honestly. There wasn't. Because I had a strong sense, this baby's not going to live. And I didn't want to let the hope of it, I didn't want to let thankfulness open my heart, because I didn't want to feel. It hurt too much. And the father pulled at my heart and said, trust me, trust me with your pain. The fact that you're pregnant at all again is a grace, even though you may lose this child. But I have that child. You can trust me with your pain. I'll hold you. I'll take care of you. Let your heart Receive this gift. There's a song at that time by Shane and Shane. Though you slay me, yet I will praise you. And it broke my heart and opened my heart to thank the Lord having a strong sense our baby wasn't going to last. To praise him. And thank you for just a moment of life. Because I was thanking him for him. Because I know he is good. Not because I was getting what I wanted. And that baby did pass. And it was a grace that he allowed us to get pregnant at all. And we've not been pregnant since. And Jane is thankful to the Lord for that. <laughs> we see it in Job. Everything stripped from him. His family his life, all these things. And Job, in his weariness of his, everything being taken from him, and he makes a bold statement. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Again, whatever was remaining in Job's life is stripped away in chapter 2. His wife says, curse God and die. And he responds to her, Shall we not receive both good and adversity from the hand of the Lord? You see, we're in a broken world. He can take, he can take our pain, friends. He can take our anger. And, it, and, and, and like in my own experience, and there have been other times I've been through this, he wants us, bring your fist, shake it. Let him know your heart and your hurt. And you'll find that he's good and your, hand, your fist will open. Your heart will open to gratitude. Because the one thing that is the greatest reminder is the cross. We have a God who's not distant from our suffering and looking upon us through surveillance. He's got all the screens in front of him. This is, the cross is a reminder of the God who entered in. And suffered with. That's Emmanuel. We're coming to the Christmas season. It's God with us. He's with you in your suffering. He continues to, <coughs> to bear with the suffering that you're in now or may experience. He's with you. That's the grace of God. And the cross is the promise. He's with us in it. 
You're not alone. And he's working. We can thank God in the midst of suffering. Not because our suffering is good, but because he is good. And we can thank him for that. Finally here, the passage ends. You have turned for me my mourning into into dancing. You loosed my sackcloth. You clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Whether he's come out of the suffering or not, the change has happened in his heart. You've turned my mourning into dancing. The sackcloth he's talking about is the sackcloth of of repentance, uh, of recognizing, Lord, forgive me for my self-reliance. Forgive me for my expectations, my sinful expectations. Forgive me. And he's renewed, replacing that with gladness. There's joy. What does he say? Because of his heart change and and, and being able to lift it towards God and and thanking him. And and what does that thankfulness do in our suffering? The thankfulness in our suffering creates and stirs a sense of hope, right? God is working. God is good. Even though I don't feel it and I can't see it. He's good. My circumstances may not change, but we can be changed in the midst of them. And this goodness, this change happens so that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. Friends, our thankfulness, as we've been talking about this, isn't meant to be kept just to us. It's to be shared. It's part of the power of testify. That word testify means, means to bring a testimony. where I'm an eyewitness to God's goodness. I'm an eyewitness to Him working in my life, in my heart. We cannot be silent. Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. How does David's circumstance, how's how's these truths of of thanksgiving stir your heart? How do you need to step in and apply? Maybe that's railing against the Lord. Maybe that's that's (coughs) documenting and being clear about, like the Lord has done so many things. He's reversed so many things in my life and, and changed and worked. Maybe I need to change my expectations. What, where, where, where do you need to receive this word about gratitude? Or maybe you need to stop being silent. And you need to share God's goodness, what he's done. I'm going to pray. And we're going to move into that time of testimonies of thankfulness. I'm going to first just take a minute here, turn y'all towards each other, just share among each other a little bit, just to warm y'all up a little bit. Um, And then uh, we'll open the the mic up, right? Father God, thank you for your truth that meets us in reality, that lifts us like David from the pit, from from the, the darkness of the grave, of finality, that these circumstances will never end. But Jesus, thank you that you've made our suffering temporary. Thank you, God, that you meet with us in our darkness, that you, that you enable us, that you per, give us permission, you encourage us. Bring your brokenness and your hurt and your suffering to me. Shake your fist. Scream. I can take it. I love you. I love you. Bring it. To experience our hearts open and and know your goodness, know your presence in our suffering. Lord God, let us not be silent because you are God and you are worthy of our praise. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to encourage you. Right now, to uh, turn to those around you, whether it's just in your row or behind you, around you, and take a moment here to just share a little bit about what maybe maybe there's some stories of reversal. 
of what God has done, or maybe maybe there there's there's uh, ways that God has uh, met you in certain seasons, in dark spaces, or or even in in good good and comfortable moments. Turn to those around you and 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 just and begin to share briefly. The Lord met me here, or or God God changed this circumstances in my life. Go ahead and turn to each other, and I encourage you to do that at home as well here. Take the next minute and share with each other a little bit here of how God has provided. And we're going to do a little, bit of a, a little bit of sharing time here. Of course, if you feel the need, like you, you need to get up and uh, uh, move on here, feel free to do so. Um, do we have any, uh, anyone want to start us off here with... Uh, Testimonies of thankfulness. Love to see all the talking and chatter going on here. Corey. All right, Corey. Here we go. Charlie, you got a job here following me, bro. Yes, and I'm such an extrovert. Um, not. Uh, I think it was a year or two ago I spoke about how I was, and, and what you said today, Scott, spoke about not being silent and sharing what you've done and sharing what God's done for you because I think it was about two to three years ago I was going through a dark time it was really bad because I was shifting jobs and I really didn't like it and the guy's like God what's going on and I shared with my testimony how God got me through that last year I did not realize how impactful that was going to be and now that you said not to be silent and uh, I had like five or six people tell me that they heard my testimony and that Mm. they were grateful for that Mm. So thinking that in um, in light of everything, it's like now things are going better, mm-hmm. and I don't deserve it. But mm. things, uh, kids are definitely coming out of that COVID time. Mm. They're searching, mm-hmm. and so if you guys know a teacher, please pray for them. Mm. They can definitely use your prayers. And there's things going on still that are not as great, mm-hmm. but I can definitely tell that God's hand is on it. Thank you. We're thankful for our teachers. Amen. Amen. All right. Courtney. Hi, my name's Courtney. Um, for those of you who don't know me, um, we lost our son in 2019, our seven-year-old boy. And um, learning, by the way, Scott, thank you for your message today. It was very powerful and inspiring. And um really thankful for you after coming off the youth retreat and not feeling good and all the other things you have. So thank you for being faithful. Um, so learning to, um, live without my son is very difficult. And, um, I kind of made a a deal with God in my head, (laughs) but you can't really make deals with God, but I did it. Mm. And I said, fine. Okay. I'll do this. Like there was another option. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like, you got to make everything else like manageable for me. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I thought that was fair, mm. but that wasn't the case. Cause then <sighs> 2019 was also the year of COVID mm. and, um, and it ruined my dream job as <laughs> mm. I teach seventh grade ESL and everything was a mess for my kids, for their families, for me and my coworkers. Everybody was stressed and angry. Um, <laughs> I love going on trips. I had two really cool trips canceled. Um, uh, and, uh, I was angry, (laughs) very angry at everything. Somebody could have said boo to me and I hated them with everything inside of me. (laughs) And I didn't realize that I was angry. And maybe last spring, my dad, I was talking to him and he said, Courtney, do you think, do you think maybe you're a little angry? I was like, no. <laughs> oh, how dare you say that to me? <laughs> and so, but that was a big, um, a big turning moment for me. And God's showing me the 
the anger that I carried in my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, um, something that I had always prayed for in the, those years is, God, give me peace, give me peace, give me peace. But <laughs> anger gives the devil a foothold. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been working on letting go of my anger, and it's really a special place to be. And so I'm just thankful that... Um, God is in the business of changing hearts and that he changed mine and he's working on softening it. Um, and something that always, when I get angry or feel like it's not fair, um, a verse that I always come back to is Romans eight thirty one. What then shall we say in response to this? <clears throat> if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, and like Kaylee said, when she got baptized, that we deserve nothing. Mm-hmm. And God's grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. So, amen. Praise be to God. Amen. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Courtney. Let's give the Lord some glory. Amen. Thank you, Courtney. Mm. Anyone else? Testimonies. Marge? Well, I've struggled with depression for years, and I've fought it. I hate it. Um, like Scott said in his service sermon, I railed at God. It's his fault. He don't want me to feel this way, so it's his fault that I do. But gradually in the last few weeks, I've been learning it's not God's fault. Maybe it's it's not my fault. It's just this dark curtain that comes down over me. But now I think I'm thankful for that sometimes because if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't be here at Grace. It was through a depressed time that I came here. There's, I wouldn't have called, come to call you family and have so many friends. And it's, I still don't like the depression. And please pray, especially for the next few months, because the holiday times and winter with all the gloomy skies are really, really hard. Hmm. So. Thank you, Marge. Thank you. Hmm. Amen. Katie. Tears are okay. It took me a few weeks to get the courage to say this, so thank you for sharing because it gave me the courage. Um, Our daughter Presley is seven years old, and she was born with some brain abnormalities. She has epilepsy and a lot of um, special needs that we deal with every day. Um, For me, it was never anger. It was more um, confusion, like, why does this have to happen to a child? Um, Feeling, like, super trapped in darkness, emotions, just like a lot of things we've processed over the years, different things throughout the years. Um, But just like we've learned to be grateful for like the tiniest things. Like I remember when she was a year and a half, she grabbed a rattle and shook it a year and a half. And it was like, that's amazing. Like we celebrate the smallest things. Um, I learned to really like understand that God's in the details majorly, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. just like even the personalities of people around us that we need, that Mm -hmm. Presley needs, the gifts Mm -hmm. and um, just our support system and like how 
yeah, just amazing. Those those specific people and their gifts and their talents are like helping us as a family deal with this um, on an ongoing basis. So um, thank you as a church family for supporting us. And um, yeah, and honestly, like days are good now. We had a lot of dark days in her first year of life, but um, I'm so thankful that most days are really good. And, you know, you just kind of, you learn to appreciate everything. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Katie. I'm grateful and thankful for things like the Apologetics Conference in Camp Chaminade. Um, Last year we had four kids attend. This year we sent 24. And we're placing leaders in Harris Lake Park, Brewster, USD, Worthington Middle School, Learning Center, and High School. And we have individuals in this church who have supported and sponsored those kids who would not be able to attend without that, which is huge. So we thank you for those. Yeah, amen. Amen. Thank you, Doug. It's a powerful conference. And our students, God's doing something amazing through our youth ministry, through Lencho and his leadership and the team and our youth. It's awesome. God's doing a work. Others, Jen Kwame, and then Jen Smith, and, and Joanne Herberts. No. Oh, Oh, Joanne, you're sharing. Oh, you, no, joking. So, um, if you work with me, you don't see me get mad. Um, I get frustrated, but I keep all the really intense stuff for at home for my wonderful children. Um, and it's hard for me to admit because I work helping parents to become better parents and to do it the right way. And to not lose their cool and to just realize this is developmentally normal and all that kind of thing. Um, But I still, I haven't, thank God not for over a year, but um, I used to have monster mommy moments that I did not want to tell anybody about. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have ADHD and depression and anxiety and bipolar and all sorts of fun stuff. But um, I would just... I'm not a clean person, and of course my kids are not, but every once in a while the mess starts to make me feel claustrophobic, and then I go on my rant, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where I can tell my kids are just really afraid. I mean, not that I'm going to hurt them, but just Grace especially really gets hurt by loud noises and arguments. And um, I just kind of accepted that as one of those things that happens when they don't listen on a regular basis. But <clears throat> I have not had one since I met Don. Hmm. Um, I didn't know what it was like to have a partner. I was married for 20 years. But I didn't have the support. And he can tell when I'm starting to get frustrated just talk to me and calm me down or just give me space and just step in and take care of the kids and get them doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it doesn't sound like a really big deal, but it is huge for me mm-hmm. to have that. And I mean, God really speaks to me through Don's loving for me because that's mm-hmm. not something that was easy for me to accept. And I have somebody that loves me even in my grumpy times and my, frustrated and not so logical times. Mm-hmm. It's just a huge gift, and I'm just really grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know it's time to get going here, so I'm going to keep it short. Um, I just... I'm going to try not to cry mm-hmm. um, so that you can understand. Tears are safe here. Um, I just am so thankful for my dad, who has yeah. had a really long road of fighting cancer. It's been two years since he can eat by mouth and drink anything, and yet he never complains, and he is so grateful Mm. for all the small things, like Katie said, and he has taught me to be grateful for absolutely everything, Mm. and he's just the coolest guy ever. Mm. And um, the verse that reminds me of him is Psalm 73, 26. 
My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So, love you, Dad. Mm, Amen. Amen. Phil Smith is a gift. Amen? All right, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you for the message, Pastor Scott. That was very uplifting. Um, Gratefulness uh, helps us to feel fulfilled. I uh, loved my job as a social worker. I did child protection. And um, due to some health complications, I lost it. Um, I had to take care of my health. And then also, when I felt stronger, I... um, I ran for office uh, for the local government as a city council. During the campaign, um, in all the people, the African community, not just in Waddington, all over that watching me were so empowered, so encouraged. They were backing me up. I have a team of people praying for me. I spent nights praying and door knocking, doing all that. Now, <laughs> when I was looking at the result, I was like, oh, my God. What a big loss, Lord. What a shame. That's so small. And uh, others, the numbers kept going up. And I said, what am I going to tell all these young people that I met who were running door to door, door knocking, and just so inspired, and they were just looking up. They followed me. What am I going to tell them? What will I tell my children? And everyone that had hoped that uh, a black person like me could run, you know, for office, I just, I became ungrateful for a minute. Mm-hmm. I would say a minute because it was really short. I said, God, I don't think you are in this election. <laughs> you know, I became ungrateful. I said, wow, what a shame. Can't you even raise the number just a little bit? <laughs> but, you know, just something hit me thinking about Jesus on the cross. How a savior can be crucified Someone they can think as a hero crucified in that position. That image alone just came so quick. And I turned my ungratefulness to gratefulness. How about the door knocking? How I was ministering to people even when I was door knocking. Whenever I had the opportunity, I ministered to somebody. How about those that were inspired by seeing me there? And they can also do it. I started counting all my blessings. And I counted every vote as a gratefulness, like somebody went ahead and saw my name and just put a dot there. I'm grateful for those small numbers. And I just found happiness and joy. I rose and started singing and praising God. I was just happy for the ones that won. And that's how I say great, gratefulness makes us feel fulfilled. Amen. Thank you for all the testimony Amen. you shared. They uplifted, uplifted me. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Powerful. Thank you. Amen. Well, we are going to continue our testimonies of thankfulness next week. And if God is working in your heart to muster enough the, the, the confidence uh, to share, look forward to next week here. I'm going to invite